This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes you are. Uh, Each week we get together we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I saw a few comments from people about last week's episode saying that we were... Well, we just came across as a little bit up ourselves when talking about YouTuber car collections. Uh, really? Yeah, just a few people saying, look, you know, I think you were overly harsh and you were being a bit negative. And, you know, that's not how we want to come across. Yes, it is. It's an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Tony wants to come across. <laughs> but, I mean, I, 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 don't know, I sort of don't really know where I'm standing with this because I felt bad. I, I saw people send some messages saying, like, oh, I think you were a bit disrespectful and you weren't really up to date with what the YouTubers had and you were sort of over opinionated and I was like well that's kind of the point but then also I'm like oh well, I hope I didn't want to offend anyone like I also don't think we were particularly offensive like I pretty much loved every single collection that oh, yeah we- and I don't think I, I just I just didn't they, they were it wasn't for me some of the some of the some of the cars I mean which if you've listened to any of our episodes ever before especially the rate my ride episodes is your selling point I mean that's that's just you I, I, I don't like many things in and general you, and you say people anything really <laughs> <laughs> so as I say like I I just wanted to say I'm sorry if I upset any fellow youtubers not that I'm sure we did because I know most of them and I think they would have understood what we were doing and I just don't think we were being offensive so I'm sort of apologizing and also not not <laughs> uh, you, you're what you're doing is mate you're addressing the situation what it yes. is 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 you understand there may be some ill feeling and and you're admitting to that you're just addressing that and we take it on board absolutely he will listen more than me <laughs> 
but we're taking it on board. There we Thank go. you very much. Yes, um, and essentially, we always appreciate the feedback. Though we, we, we read all the comments, uh, Patreon, the messages that come through, the emails. We read all of it, and we do really take it on board. And I think yeah. you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Tony. Thank you for taking the words out of my mind and expressing them perfectly. Well, I might uh, need 10 minutes. I might need to help you this week. You're a bit behind, and you're still jet-lagged. I am jet-lagged. Uh, if you don't know. You're not brown. <laughs> I don't know why you're so obsessed with it. Everyone, look, he's been on holiday for a week in a beautiful country, by the way, and I'm browner than him. I've been here in the cold. <laughs> Nothing's happened. So if you don't know, last week I went off to the Maldives for a very delayed honeymoon with, beautiful. My, with my wife, Vicky. Um, it was fantastic. We, we obviously, we got married last year. We weren't able to take a honeymoon because of the, all the COVID restrictions. So we've been waiting, waiting, waiting. We finally were able to go. And yeah, what an incredible, incredible place to go. Yeah. Kind of the perfect place to go for a honeymoon because, well, it takes about forever to get there. And then once you're there, you just feel like you're just completely disconnected from the rest of the world. Um, Which is perfect nice. for, I, I, and I think you're right. I think it's literally probably the perfect place to go for a honeymoon. That's it. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's not a lot to do. No. <laughs> apart from stare at the person you're with. No. So don't go if you don't like <laughs> the person you're with. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, it was fantastic. And it was baking hot. And for some reason, I think you were expecting me to walk in here looking, I don't know what, like, I think of a really tan, like, over, like no, Schwartz, no, like Donald Trump. I think you expect me to come here like, <laughs> orange <laughs> um, but this is me this is me tanned also I don't really like sunbathing yeah but just mate, if you're in a hot country I mean you, you would just walk, I mean you sent me pictures half naked not in that respect <laughs> hold on a second you had, you had shorts and that on <laughs> and then you're still words. white mate I mean nothing's happened to no, you but we're in this kind of like amazing overwater villa and I have this nice day bed in the, sh in the shade and that's why I, I just oh he's in the shade all week yeah, so I course. can tell <laughs> It's not a competition of who can get more tan. It's trying not, to protect not the you, it's longevity not. of my skin life. You know? I was creamed up, factor 50, sitting in the shade. Was you really? Loving life, yeah. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I used to import uh, sun cream from Japan. No, yeah, uh, because thinking. they're whiter. Because, well, no, yeah, because <laughs> more sensitive the, skin. More sensitive skin. Yeah. So, you, you know, factor 75 plus is really hard to get in Europe, but they had it in Japan, so I used to, I used to buy 75 plus. But Japan... Oh, wait a minute, but Japan's not hot, no? It's very it has hot. Very hot areas, very hot parts. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but is it not more got overcast and smog and horrible? No, like I think that. Tokyo is because of pollution. Right. But they've got some amazing, amazing beach and islands and things like that. You've been so. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Japan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, shout out for Japanese sun cream. Uh, anyway, I don't know what we've been talking about the last five minutes. Uh, let's bring it back on trend to cars. Uh, to cars, exactly. So, whilst I was away, you put something very interesting into the group that you, I, and Paul Wallace have, mm. which was, lads, what do we think the best car in the world is? Yeah. And it was a great question, and it's basically what we're going to be discussing today. Mm -hmm. So the main topic of today is just that. What is the greatest car in the world? Now, I did put this to the patrons. Uh, I've got a load of great suggestions for them. I added some criteria. I hope I haven't messed up. No, 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 because, because there is no wrong or right answer to this. Again, this is an opinion. I've based it around some parameters as well in okay. my head. Okay. So, okay, well, let's come back to got, that because we've got a bit of news to discuss oh, before, before oh. we get into it, but I wanted to tease at least the main topic. Now, usually I would reserve this chat for the F1 special podcast with Paul Wallace after the check of flag. That will be coming back. 
In March. Very soon. Very soon around testing. But I'm just salivating at the mouth to talk about some of the new car launches yeah. we've had. So by the time this episode goes out, more cars will have been revealed. But up until today, we've had the Haas, we had the Aston Martin, the McLaren, the Red Bull, and just now, the Alfa Tauri. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, I mean, it's basically last year's with a bit more blue. Right. <laughs> um, Do you think they look better, the cars? I, uh, oh. It's amazing, isn't it, when F1 makes these big changes, how quickly the old cars look outdated. Yeah. So I do think the new cars look look cool. Mm. I think they look a bit odd on track. I think they look very indie car on track. We, I mean, we've only seen some of the pictures of the Aston Martin during the filming day. with Very high nose height and ride height in general. Like, they do take a little bit of use, getting used to, but in general, they look mega. Yeah. It'd be interesting, I'd said it to you, it'd be interesting to see how much faster or or slower they're going to be. And you made a good point, actually, where even initially, if they're not quite as quick as the last car, because less downforce, right? Less downforce, more weight. They're massively heavier. But you're quite right. The engineers will figure out a way, and it wouldn't surprise me. You're right if... if I think they, they were, end up being faster. Yeah, they were expecting the cars to be two to three seconds a lap slower, I think. By the end of last year, with all the simulations, people were saying that they think the cars are going to be pretty much the same speed. Unbelievable. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, the first few races, maybe they'll be a little bit slower, but for sure, I would expect them to catch up and maybe even be quicker at some tracks. Um, but it's very exciting. Of those four that we've seen, or oh, you haven't seen AlphaTauri, have you? Um, but Haas, Aston and Red Bull and McLaren... Well, initially I said McLaren, um, but I forgot about the Aston Martin. It's and very good looking. Yeah, I do think at the moment the Aston Martin, but I do like the McLaren. The only thing I don't like about the McLaren is the little bit of blue in yeah, it. Yeah, I Why agree. Why have they put that I in? I agree. Get rid of the blue and just have the, the grey, black and the yeah. orange. There was a cut, I think. What was, is all that about? Why have they done that, mate? There'll be a sponsor, won't there? There'll be some, oh, right, okay, some kind of sponsor will be, I, I guess, will yeah. be saying bring in the blue. Um, but... I think it was 1998 or 1999, there was a team called Arrows and they were sponsored by Orange, the mobile phone network. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it was a similar orange and black livery. And it was some of the coolest livery cars, I think, uh, that Formula One had. And and if McLaren had gone that route, it would have been stunning. So I agree, the blue's a bit off. I'm not really sure about it in general, a bit hit and miss. The Aston Martin, I think, is unbelievable Mm. and is what Aston should have been as a livery from day one. Fair enough. Much better green and and it's brought in the AMR green and all those different elements. The Haas... (laughs) Basically the exact same livery as last year, so bore off. And the, and the Red Bull, we've seen nothing. I mean, apart from the uh, additional sponsor, the livery's pretty much the same, and it was on a, a 2022 mock-up car. It wasn't even their real car, so... And they've got some more money. It's a big sponsor, that big is. Big sponsor from Oracle. So uh, you originally told me it was a $100 million sponsor. Per year. And it is per year, because yeah, originally yeah. when we spoke, I thought it would be over three or four years, as they're normally what they are, but... But it is a hundred million dollars per, per year, year, which is mm, seventy-five million quid, roughly. Yeah, I mean they've they've, me. they've been in Formula One as sponsors for a long time, and I think Oracle sponsored Benetton when Jos Verstappen was driving there back okay. in the mid nineties. So quite cool if Jos was driving an Oracle sponsored car, and now Max is. That's quite a cool little yeah. story. But um, yeah, big big money. I mean, lots. There's so much sort of anticipation. I think for this new yeah. season, um, lots to get excited about, but. Yeah, so far, I think the Aston has won the kind of looks, just based on looks, who knows how it's going to perform. Yeah, and I'm not an expert, but for those of you who don't know what Oracle is, it is a 
data company, right? Yes. It's, 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 I don't know, a great deal, but... I think it's a rival to uh, Amazon Web Services, yeah. something of that sort of yeah. sort. So, you know, just compiling and... It's not the finance analyzing. company. No. <laughs> I made that joke. I was like, I is know, it Oracle did, yeah. Car Finance? They've done well. That's a big, that's a big logo placement for Oracle <laughs> Car Finance. Yeah. Um, anyway, so let's wait and see. Just on, the, on Aston Martin for two seconds, did you see that Lawrence Stroll, I guess maybe it was at that launch or in general, has come out with... I think an excitingly punchy sort of statement about the Aston Martin road cars moving forward, essentially slating what we've been slating forever, which was the old management company's agreement to run the old Merck tech. And he's come out being like, how can we have luxury sports cars yes. with three-year-old Merck tech and no touch screens? It's not like, three-year-old, mate. It's seven-year-old. Well, there you go. Yeah. I was like, go on, Lawrence. So I love. Maybe he's been listening to the podcast. Lawrence, what's up? How's it going? Um, yeah, but basically slating the current lineup, being like, we need new suspension, we need new goo box, we need new infotainment system. Like, it's all crap. We're gonna we're gonna update it. And I love his bullishness. Oh, if he's fine. I mean, if he's got it, and uh, I mean, if he if he gets it, and he, I mean, he's gonna have to put some money in, by the way, because they don't make any money. I think he's but, got some. <laughs> uh, I think I think you're absolutely right. But if he's gonna have a real go, then uh, you know. Uh, at last, Aston Martin will will be able to cash checks that they've been writing. We we hope not. we hope so. Um, so yeah, watch this space. I just I just think he's just I, I'm kind of obsessed with him in a weird kind of way. Um, now uh, I'm just bringing up this uh, list here because oh yes, <gasps> the Alfa Romeo Tonale. Did you see this launch? I don't know why I say it into the Mexican Oh, wait, accent. is that the little compact SUV thing? It's a Range Rover Evoque rival. Oh, is it? Yeah, so it's a little baby SUV, which apparently is this growing segment. And maybe you know more about this than mm. I do, but apparently a really booming segment. It's kind of mini Audi Q3, Evoque. I don't know what else would be in that. It's kind always of, been booming. Has it? It's the Macan. A- XC40. No, it's smaller. It's one smaller. Um, it's just below that. I okay, fun, fun. I mean, a M- Macan in my book, is a, an evoke rival. Oh, okay. Well, no, so, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think in my head that this Tonale is quite small, I think. What's a Q3 size-wise? Yeah, so so an evoke would be Q5. So it's not an evoke rival. Oh, okay, so it's it's bang on Q3 size. It's almost the, exactly the same dimensions. Yeah, mind so. you, they're getting bigger now. So maybe... Maybe an Evoke would slip down one, and maybe a, maybe a Q5. Thinking about it, maybe there is a little bit more room in a Q5. An Evoke isn't. Maybe maybe you got the Discovery Sport, which is a Q5 rival now. I don't know, mate. Too, um, many, too uh, many cars. There's too they? many cars, mate. They all make so many different cars. It's unbelievable. It's um. I think it's a very good looking car. This this. Donale, Donale. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to say it. Um, what about the tech inside? Well, so this is the thing, right? I we mean, don't know. The car, it's almost like Alfa have been a little bit late to the game with this. Like, like I like that they're like, woohoo. because they're asleep. Yeah, a little, a little bit. And they've tried to kind of, you know, bring some modernism to this car by offering it with an NFT. That's the drive system. Nope. No? What is it then? It's like a crypto thing. What? Non-fungible, to- uh, non-fungible token. Uh, NFTs, I'm not going to go into this right now because you're looking at me like if my grandfather was still alive, he'd be looking at me. Essentially, don't worry about it, but it's just like a crypto... It's it's kind of ridiculous. It's like a whole new fad. People are going to be going mental telling me that no, NFTs are all about... I understand, appreciate, and I'm kind of into crypto and we've spoken about crypto a bit. We've had different partners and sponsors and I, I appreciate crypto. NFTs, I really struggle with as a concept. Oh, it's like... Okay, it. okay, I'm going to... I'm gone. I'm going to get this so wrong now. 
Think of the very first email that was sent, right? The first email ever that was sent. How do you kind of uh, declare ownership of that, like art? So like the, an original Mona Lisa or some Picasso, you know, we know what, where the original is. There's a value associated with it. We know who owns it. We can chase the history of it, etc. Of course, there are thousands of copies, but the original inherently is valuable. NFTs are kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong here, crypto people, setting out to do that, to give ownership over digital assets. These can be new or old, but but yeah. Oh, I've got an example. So this is basically, for an example, I might be wrong, but, but correct me. Is this like that Charlie bit my finger and it was bought and taken off of YouTube? Yes. Because it was yes, the original There you art. go. Right, yes. Okay, fine. Yes. You, yeah. That's basically it. So I don't know what the NFT is to do with the Tonali. And, and as I say, like, I've probably got some of that wrong and feel free to correct me in the comment section, but uh, I'm all for crypto. NFTs. Uh, So anyway, uh, it's got a built-in Amazon Alexa assistant, apparently. That's the big seller that they've done. Um, And apart from that, what's it said? Tonali has all the technology you would expect in a premium SUV. A digital 12.3-inch screen plus a 10.25-inch touchscreen with a customizable home screen, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, over-the-air updates, and driver assistant. Oh, they have updated it then. We'll see. Very good looking. Starting um, to see a couple of them... uh, MC ah, 20. That's what I wanted to ask you about next. Did you really? So did you see that the, I guess, the UK embargo got lifted on that car and suddenly a ton of reviews came out online yeah, about it? Yeah, there's a couple of cars around now as well, oddly. All of the journalists loved it. Yeah. I mean, they all went mental. I mean, every single review was like, this is the best car in the world. Mm, I, I still feel iffy either. about it. Mm. I'm not convinced it's the best looking thing ever, even though they all said that. So I really like the look of it. Do Even from the back? Yes. Mm. I actually probably prefer it from the back than oh. the front. So I, I really like the look. Of it. I've seen okay. one in, in the flesh as yep, well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I really I really like the look of it. Um, I've actually seen one on the road as well. Okay. I've seen one driving around. Got, got good presence? Yes. Like, oh my God, what's that presence? And then you realise, oh, it's the new Maserati. Okay. Um, I think it's too much money for yep. what it is. Yep. Uh, 200 grand plus once spec. Uh, are they? Yep. Easy. I, I know one. Oh, right. I know one delivered at 214. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which which probably makes sense than being on the market at like 20 or 30 over then. So they're 190 list. Yeah. Plus options. Mm-hmm. But, but as far as I knew, you couldn't put loads and loads of options on them. They were fairly well kitted. I think so, but I assume bits like carbon and stuff like that. Yeah, which is a complete waste of money on, on most cars, exterior carbon, you know. Ferrari are the best at that, by the way. But, um, yeah, I I really like it. I'd love to have a go in one. Um, would I buy one? Not at that money, for sure. But, I mean, what what is it? What, what rival is it? Is it a... Uh, I think it's... Well, okay, so I know someone who owns one. 911 rival? No. No, no. It's a it's supposed to be a proper proper car. Like this you've got to think of it as an F8 Tributo rival, as a is 570S Hurricane made. Yeah, no, no, Hurricane no. like it, this is a proper it's fully Artura fledged now, isn't it? Artura, thank you. Yeah. Fully fledged 
through and through supercar. Right. And every single journalist has said, it's unbelievable. Mm. They all love it. So this isn't a, oh, Maserati, lol, like we forgot about Maserati. This is supposed to be a proper bit of kit. Yeah. Um, and so think of it as, as you say, here you go. So according to Autocar, they are saying that their rivals are uh, FH Tributo, oh no, hold on, sorry. The MC20 joins a vast array of mid-engined alternatives from the Audi R8 and the Amira to the Huracan, the McLaren Artura, and all the way to the Ferrari F8 Tributo. At 190 grand, it sort of straddles quite a lot of ground. Um, so yeah, I mean, I actually am going to be driving one uh, mm. in a month or so. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm not that excited, weirdly. Do you know why? Because of the sound. Is it a... It's a V6, I know. Is it hybrid cars? Is there any hybrid in it? Or is it just a 600? It's not. It's a turbocharged V6, but it's only a three litre and it's very muted. Right. It's very, very muted. Right. As, as all modern Yeah, as all cars modern are. cars are, but yeah. I sort of think inside and out. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see, but it's it's been getting absolutely incredible reviews. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, let's move on then to our main topic of the day. And I'm going to bring up our Patreon page um, because I say so many great patrons have put forward some pretty interesting suggestions uh, for what is today's greatest car on earth. The best. The best. Not the greatest, the best. And this is very opinionated. 100%. As in, and you can twist it however you like in terms of um, parameters and where you want to be. We're going to pick two or three. Yeah, to discuss was what I was thinking. Okay. These aren't necessarily what I truly believe because if you ask me, I'm going to say, 360 shine for But fundamentally, uh, it's the ones that I would suggest because the criteria that I set out for the patrons are current car. This is a car that you can go and buy today new. Which is, I would have that parameter because that's what I look at. Yeah, because so, you could see it yeah. forever going, oh, McLaren F1 or Bugatti yeah, Type 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, today's best car yeah. in the world. The additional criteria which I set was these points should be considered. Exterior design, interior design, driving dynamics and performance, comfort, ten- technology, reliability, ownership and running costs, usability, brand strength and emotion. So the car that you consider should be scoring as highly in every single one of those sectors as possible. All right. So the three that I've got in mind absolutely tick all them boxes. So we're on the same page at least. Fine. Okay. So yeah. So look, we'll chat through what we're thinking and then we're going to review some of these patron suggestions and see if we can all come to some kind of consensus on what we think might be. The best best car. car, Yeah. yeah. So go on. You kick things off because this was your topic that you put into the WhatsApp group. So give me suggestion number one. 992 911 Turbo S. Okay, so we're starting with what I would say is a strong point in terms of value. Um, in terms of everything, mate. In terms of, no, no, a strong point as in, that's a, that's a very expensive car. Yeah. Like, you know, Bugatti Chiron is also fantastic, but it's a very expensive car. So yeah. that, I, would, I would immediately mark it down for that. But I'm talking about me, as in... Yeah, yeah, no, no, sure. Uh, you know, it, it, you're not... Um, I've got a few quid, so I can have one. So you know what I mean? So, okay. <laughs> immediately, I'm, I'm marking this down for a few reasons. So yes, money. Practicality, yes. We know that the 992 or the 911 is incredibly practical. That's a four-wheel drive car, four seats, boot space is great, fantastic. The but, best in its class. But it's still, those rear seats are fairly unusable. Not worth it. Not, like, fairly unusable. Yeah. Um, and as I say, at a, what, 200 grand car? No. What is it? 
180. 170. 180 option. Mm, I you, know, because I spoke one up a lot. You'd put a lot of... Yeah, but you could probably pick a PTS green and... Yeah, gone, Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, a, and a silly tan interior. But one, 170 will get you a nice spec. Okay, they're on, the, they're on the internet at two years old at 180 and that. But if you're going on list price, spec, they're about 170. Okay, so... Why Turbo S and not a GT3 or just a Carrera GTS? Because the Turbo S just is more than a GTS. It just does. It's just more. Um, and uh, it does loads more than a GT car. A GT car is very good at doing what it does. And it, and it is the best at doing what it does. But it doesn't do all round the stuff that a Turbo S does. You know, you can drive a Turbo S in all weathers, all the time, at speed or comfortly. A, a, a GT3 or a GT3 RS, GT3 RS especially, is awful on the road. It's terrible. Well, yes, it can be too stiff. It can be bumpy. It's terrible, mate. You know, you've got to have it high up in the revs, get it singing and yeah. moving and all these different reasons. But I would argue that I would have a GT3 touring over a Turbo S and, uh, most days of the week. Uh, and and in in the in the real world, in the real world, the the Turbo S is the fastest car that Porsche make in the real world. In the real world, yeah, as I say, on on the road, point on the road. A to point B, and the yeah. Turbo S has always stood for that. But my argument would be, why not just get a GTS? Especially now they've got that lightweight package version. You could have it, uh, what, you're saving 50 grand? Because I'd rather a Turbo S. But you're going to save 50 grand. Don't care. No, no, but we're talking about best cars in the world and value, inherent value, has got to be part of that. I would argue that the Turbo S is a little overpriced. Uh, I, well, look at its competitors. I would argue it's very cheap. Well, no, because I think a GTS would give you... 75% of the experience of a Turbo S. It's not 100 but, though, is it, mate? No, no, but 75% of the experience, but for 30, 40 grand less, and as a best car in the world, that I think there's inherently more value, like a fully specced up new GTS. It's like 130 grand, 135 grand. And that I think is more value, has more inherent value than a Turbo S, which is starting to be a bit more. But when you talk about value, Okay, the initial outlay on a Turbo S is more than a hundred and thirty-five grand GTS. Well, they used to be a hundred grand three years ago. I mean, if you got car for car, your money's safer in a Turbo S at the moment, for sure. Yeah. So GTSs have always held fairly well, though. They have held. They have held fairly well, but never normally as good as a Turbo S, mm. especially now. So actually, yeah, your your original outlay is more on a Turbo S, but actually, as we speak today, the value on the Turbo S would be, your money would be safer. So actually, if you took it for value for money, you'd lose less money in a Turbo S than you would a GTS. So I don't really know what you're saying about yourself. No, no, I'm, this is a discussion. A, this <laughs> is a discussion, Tony. And, and I agree with you. I think the Turbo S is arguably the best sports car in the world, ticking every single box. But I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. It's a super sports car, I think, that it, car. Super sports car. It, 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 it's, it's a sports car that goes like a supercar. So in that respect, it is absolute value for money. When you look at its competitors, the Bentley, mm -hmm. quarter of a million quid, mm -hmm. spec. Mm -hmm. The Roma, mm -hmm. similar, 230, 240, spec. The DBS. Yeah, I would argue. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. It's incredible value for money when you look at it like that. So, okay. All right. Okay, we'll give you that one. Thank you. So moving on, I would like to suggest... 
Mercedes S class. Mercedes S class. Now, you've done I, this on purpose. No, no, no I know. To you, wind me no, up. no, 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 because I know you're going to start. Going, oh, no one buys them anymore, and everyone's buying SUVs. And I'm. Like, but hold on a second, because <laughs> S class has always represented a huge leap and bound into the future in terms of technology. They did. Uh, they. <laughs> nice, did. Use, nice use of the past tense there, Tony. Um, you know, always represented that that their extreme comfort, extreme usability. Okay. They are expensive, I agree now, for, for a brand new one, but they get a good range of engines. You can have your hybrids, you can have your other things, I don't really know. But I just think the S-Class is just still a stalwart of the world. Okay, fair enough. But you have picked a car completely out of your parameters for a start. I can see one... Because I don't even know what engines it's got. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> that as well. I mean, I'm not going to go in on you about that because I don't know either. No. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, is that... You lose an absolute bomb on one. I mean, that is not good value for money, that car. They're 120 odd grand and it'd be worth 50 after a year. I mean, that is not good. That is that is out, mate. I mean, you set these parameters. That is a joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't so, know what, what. Do you know why I chose that car? What? Because <laughs> basically, I knew, I knew you were going to come here basically with 200 grand sports and supercars. Like, I, I just. Ah, like, uh, my next two aren't. Okay, well, I still. Actually, I, one I, of them is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you come. Oh, hurricane, performance. <laughs> and I purposely wanted to choose cars that actually are kind of more cars of the people. Fair. And my other two suggestions, I think, will be I those. Don't, I don't know how many people can lose 70 grand on a car in the first year. <laughs> and I just Very wealthy my people. friends and I thought, oh, S-Class, because I saw one the other day. And now you've said that, I'm like, yeah, that was a crap choice. Okay, so let's take one from the patrons before we come back to you. Uh, Keith Davidson, Porsche Cayman, hands down. Exterior design is great. Interior design is a bit dated now, but much cheaper acquisition cost than a 911. Contradicted himself already. Driving dynamics are better than a 911. Oh, interesting. Contradicted himself. And with the front trunk, it is quite usable. Also very reliable. I find it hard to choose a GT car like a Bentley Continental GT or a Rolls-Royce because the driving excitement is just not there. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you want a comfortable cruiser, I get it, but nothing, uh, but not exciting at all. I would also put the Mercedes E-Class AMG in the running. Very usable and exciting to drive. Not that exciting to look at, but it holds its own. So let's take Keith's original suggestion there, Porsche Cayman. I'm sort of with you. I think the Cayman has, ever since it kind of came into existence, represented, as we know, because most of our audience owns some variation of Cayman, a great sort of entry-level sports car, which gives you the emotion of the Porsche brand, gives you fantastic handling, will beat most of its competitors on the road. Best in class. Yeah, best in class for sure. Um, Relatively good running cost, all those kind of things. I'm looking back at the sort of... Especially the turbocharged, especially the the 2.5, the turbocharged engine. Yeah, he's right that the interior design is a bit dated now, but it's still functional. It's still a nice place to be. All the the parts... I think the Cayman's a fairly good shout. Apart from practicality. Because it's only got two seats. So, so... It can't, it's practical for a sports car and it is definitely the best in class. But the best car in the world needs to be practical for everyone. Basically needs to tick every single box. Every single box. So listen, it is a good shout because I love the Cayman, by the way, especially the GT4 and the the incoming GT4 RS. But it's not that practical. It's practical for what it is, but it's not that practical for me to tick the best in the world. Sure. Okay, so go on. What's your next suggestion, Tony? Lamborghini Urus. Oh, piss off. What? <laughs> what? Give I me told you, I knew you were going to come in here with all but, these... But, dis- but, give, but, but give me a counter-argument of why but, it's not. Range Rover Vogue. The new, not- the new Range Rover. What do you mean? The new Range Rover. What, it's better? Yeah. Well, it's not, is it? Why not? Because it dynamically it won't be better. Dynamically, it- but you mean in terms of attacking a road? I, I mean everything, mate. But... The whole you got you have to consider yeah everything I am I am how it makes you feel the 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 noise yeah I mean who wants to drive down the road I mean I drive one every day (laughs) hold on a second because you drive a Range Rover every day you have sat here and talked about how an electric Range Rover will be the future and it makes little sense and new waft and you cruise and nothing quite feels like a Range Rover when you're sitting there and wafting along and driving dynamics and performance yes play a part of it but you can have an equally enjoyable Rolls Royce isn't about attacking an apex but the experience of driving a Rolls Royce can be as rewarding as attacking an apex because you're not seeking it because mate you're not you don't get into a Rolls Royce or a Range Rover to set Nürburgring lap times no you just want to waft long and cruise and so the comfort the stability the lack of sound the magic carpet ride nature is as rewarding to you as a driver as if when you get into a Urus you want it to be fast and shouty and loud but the Urus does that as well no but what it I didn't both. like about the no see I personally disagree I thought the Urus was too highly strung no I don't think so I if didn't you put think it, in, it could relax no if you put it in the comfort mode mate and, and calm everything down it it will do everything that them that that and the, with just with a little bit more personality, the Range Rover is. It, I do get what you mean because I drive one every day, but 
you, if you're just going to waft, there is nothing better than a Rolls or a Range Rover, for sure. If you're just going to waft around, which is why I said a 500-mile electric Range Rover, I also said that to wind the audience up, because <laughs> I know. Because you just like just, up, just up the provoke people, yeah. <laughs> I'm electric car nut now, apparently, <laughs> which I'm not. But, but as an all-round, the Eurus does everything mate it there isn't there isn't anything that eurus doesn't do and when you're talking about value as well by the way because we are talking about value there's still more than list i mean them range rovers when they come out they're going to be they're going to be 120 with some options i would think in a year's time they'd be 80 fair the thing about the eurus though which i think it doesn't do (laughs) it's going to be so offensive is class because if you turn up anywhere in a Eurus, immediately fuck. you're like, oh, yeah, oh, look at this douchebag in his Lamborghini. But it ain't got to be like that. No, me, it does. Even if it's black with silver wheels and the most pleasant spec possible, it's a Lamborghini. That's what's good about the Eurus, is it's styled and it has that, it, it can't escape being a Lamborghini, but that's why for me, I don't like it. It's too Fair Lambo. Enough. But I, do, I don't, me personally, I had to have an SUV in my list because SUVs dominate the the UK production now. Everyone buys SUVs. And that is the best SUV you can buy. It just is simple as that. To do everything, it is the best one. To what about the all Bentayga? The Very good. No, I, so I would say Bentayga. So Range Rover was my shout, right? Yeah. But if we're talking about SUVs, Bentayga offers more in terms of our criteria than a Eurus. No. Because... A Bentayga can still be very, very capable on a twisty road. It's not it can, as though. No, no, but it, it can be enough. It can be as, and it's We're so much about more the best. luxurious. Yes. The, the yes, best. Yes. A Bentayga isn't the yes, best at driving down. A, you go no, to Bentayga no. and go on a Euros, I'll see but, you next week. But it's comfort. Brilliant. It's everything outweigh is way better than the Euros. So, as you're doing your scale of going through our criteria, well, that gets 10, that gets 9, that gets 7, that is, the Bentley will score higher across the board than a Eurus because the Eurus will let itself down with, in my opinion, the looks, but other things, running costs, uh, loud. Running costs are the same. <laughs> Are you joking? No, Lamborghinis are more expensive. It's, Loads it's a cheaper. I'll tell you what, that, I'll tell you, I'll give you a really good example about that. Bentley, you got service every year. All uh, Lamborghini Euruses now come with a four-year service plan. So there's no service cost. We can keep going if you no, want, No, no, mate. no, no, but, but okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> In, interior, design, usability, Bentley's way better again. For comfort. For, for, but also style. We can agree to disagree about that. Brand... Heritage you went to school value. in one. See, this is why you're so I biased. You scored a Bentley. I, I wish I went to school in a Bentley. As turbo, we all know. One of them Turbo R things. As we all know. <laughs> my dad owned Range Rovers forever. So, you know that's not true. So you used to walk to school? No. <laughs> you know what? My dad never had any reliability issues with any of his Range Rovers. I know. They just got nicked. Mine's been as good as golf yeah. as well. Um, so, so Honosex says, because I'm sorry, I just don't think you can say the Eurus is the best car in the world. It might be like your favourite, but it's just too flawed in my opinion. Like I didn't think it could cruise. I found it very just highly strung, as I say. Mm. So I, 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 I you're driving it in the wrong mode, mate. No. I, th- I think it's f- it's more than comfortable cruising. And and for me, I. I'm not saying it is the best car in the world, but I'm saying it's the best SUV in the world. Now, 
an SUV is one of the biggest markets in the UK, so it has got to be up there, which is what I'm saying. Okay, well, I personally would put the new Range Rover or the Bentayga over the Urus. Right. Personally. Fair. So back to Patreon. Simon Kidd agrees with you, Tony. He's saying, actually, no, he's sorry, he's saying the 901.2 Turbo. So we can't really classify that, Simon, because it's not actually... It's not in production available. Yeah. Um, he's gone on to list literally every single... I feel like maybe Simon owns a turbo because he's, he's literally sent me a list of like 15 points. But which, the 992 is just an improvement to that. I mean... It, but a big improvement. It's a huge improvement. I, I had underestimated and forgotten how much of an improvement yeah, it is. Yeah, I and agree, I, mate. W- when I drove 992 for the first time, and I've always been a little like, sort of slightly critical of 992 because... I love the 991.2 generation. Yeah. I spent a year driving one around the world and I've always obsessed over them. And when I drove it for the first time, it was when I was fully in love with 991.2 <laughs> and I owned it. So I was a bit like, oh, it's big, it's fat, it's too bent. Like, but having just done that trip down to Austria in the 992 Carrera, I'm like, oh my God, I want one so badly. Yeah. I just want one. They're a great car. I want a GTS. Mm. You, it's a bit, how long do you think it takes to order a new Porsche these days? Oh, a year. A year, oh, right? I would have thought so, And yeah. are you a bit of a nutter to order a new GTS from factory? That's a bit unnecessary, isn't it? Well, everyone does, mate. And that, like you said earlier on, they don't lose loads of money. I mean, yeah. the, I'm, the, the only problem is now is that cars in general are getting a little bit expensive now. I mean, you go back a generation or two on a GTS, they were 95 grand spec'd. They're now 135. It's yeah, a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot more. It's a lot more car, obviously. It is a better car, but flipping hell, I mean, it's nearly it's another 30 or 40% more. It's a chunk of it's cash. A lot, mate. And for me in my life, so uh, I read a really interesting interview uh, article that came out on Piston Heads, I think, which was F Type R versus uh, 992. Carrera 4 GTS, yeah, the yeah. Ford and, and they said, of course, the 911 is a, is a better car, um, but the, the difference between the two is much smaller than it used to be in previous generations. Yeah. And what the F-Type offers, which I know, is, is the characters, the personality. The 992 is very serious. It's, uh, it's good because of As that. As all Porsches are, As though, all mate. Porsches are. Yeah. So, you know, I've still got a... Uh, there's a big update coming to the main <laughs> channel soon about F-Types and things like that. And I'm just, So I sit there and after that, Experience in Austria, I'm like, oh, I kind of want a nine. Have you bought a car yet, by the way? New daily, yeah, yeah, collecting it tomorrow. Have you announced it? No, no, that's next week. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, Chris Brown can't say I've driven the newer shape, but I'm going to throw the Audi R8 in there. Reliable, comfy. When you want it to be, packs a punch. But when you put your foot down, sorry, reliable and comfy. But when you want it, it's packs a punch. The sound of the V10 is unreal to me, interior wise. Um, it's very good. It's simple. It's not over-engineered. The R8 holds such a cool rep. Um, I don't know if I agree about R8. I mean, it's always represented a sort of a pretty iconic supercar, a fairly accessible, theoretically accessible. Well, it's, the, it's, it's, it's a budget supercar if you're going to look at it in that respect. And and for that reason, it is very good, but it can't be the best car. I, mean, I haven't got supercar in, yeah. my, in my list because... They're good at like one or two things and they're very good. They, they are the best at one or two things, but they're not the best at everything, mate. So um, if, 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 if I had to pick a supercar, 
and it had to be in the list. It didn't have to be the best of everything. I'd have like a piece of spider or or a, an eight twelve GTS or something Larry like. Yeah, a, uh, I think there's if you're going to pick a supercar, as you say, fundamentally a flawed car. Yeah, I wouldn't pick the R eight necessarily. No, I don't know what I'd pick, but I wouldn't pick the R eight. Yeah. So. Sorry, Chris. Uh, and then we've got a couple of shout-outs for Range Rovers, because clearly people uh, agree with me. Uh, Laurie <laughs> Mackerel, I said Range Rover Sport, end of conversation. And Carl Jones said Range Rovers uh, all day is a package. What beats it? Well, that, but, but, that, but that is absolutely true, because every time I drive a Range Rover, even if I've not been in one for a while, and I am driving one at the moment, you get in them and you drive them Sport probably more than a Vogue as well. And you drive it down the road and you think, this is all the car you'd ever want and need. In our parameters, it's not the best car because it doesn't tick every every single box, you know? Like, it is still a big SUV that, actually, if you showed it a corner, it just does actually go straight. So, give us your third and final suggestion for uh, this, this title of best car in the world. M5 Comp. <laughs> so, Ben Clutterbank here has uh, agreed with you with an yeah. M5 shout. It has I mean, it's, to go in there, it's hard it? to disagree with you. Um, we've we've been M5 and M5 Comp fans on this podcast, I mean, since it came out. Yeah. It's a fantastic car. Could you argue that maybe the interior is a bit dated now that it's a little bit behind on the times? It's been out for a while now, that M5. We've seen new E-Class, new E63s. We've seen new RS6s in that time. Okay, fine, you've got the M5 They just don't CS, drive but... like the M5, mate. I mean, they are very good, and I could have picked either one of them free. But the, the M5 just, for me, dynamically, just drives a, a little... And the RS6 was right up there as well, by the way, because that is a very, very, very good car. And arguably, if we were saying estate cars, I would say it is the best estate car. But... I I, ha- I had to think a little bit more out the box and and if you're driving it dynamically whether we like it or not the M5 is just a little bit better dynamically. So what are its weak points then? Cuz it must let itself down somewhere. Well, I, I I'm not sure mate. I mean maybe it's weight if you're going to be re- but then like who cares about that? But that, you're really focusing on dynamics again uh, at that again, point. Again like like there there isn't okay, the boot is still huge but you know, if they'd done an estate version, then, you know, it would be right up there. But there isn't... It does everything, mate. So, Absolutely but, everything. But you're right. So maybe that's where it lets itself down is the fact that it's a saloon. I mean, if, if we're really nitpicking here, we're trying to find reasons why it's not. Because I agree with you. I think it's it's very hard to knock it off that sort of... Maybe the tech. Mantle, may, may, maybe you're right with the tech. Maybe, you know... But, just in general, maybe it's a little bit, a little bit behind on the sort of times now because it's three years old there's going to be a new one at some point there'll be a facelift and a new car and i think they have just facelifted it actually Mm. but but yeah that in general like i mean especially this last shape m5 it's really kicked on from the from the old car i mean the old car was very good m cars are always very good but they always they always like just do something for me driving wise over the other two German brands, the Merck and the the Audi. Just in the way it drives, it it it's just a little bit more focused. And for a big car, it's bloody brilliant. I think so. The first time I ever drive an M5 Comp actually was in Bulgaria, and I remember picking it up with not a huge amount of expectations, and literally in the 
50 meters from when I drove out of the dealership to the set of traffic lights, I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and that's for me is really the biggest criteria of any car is how do they make you feel doing the most mundane tasks? Yeah. When you're doing nothing, when you're crawling in traffic or 20 miles, if the car can feel special or nice or rewarding at that point, everything else is a bonus almost. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that car did it. And you wouldn't necessarily expect it from a big, hunking great German yeah. saloon car. But what, what I also do like about BMWs, although the tech might be a little bit dated, it is very easy to oh, use compared, especially compared to the Merc. And, and although I think the nicest place to sit is actually the Audi, it's definitely the nicest place to sit. I still think the, the usability tech-wise in the BMW is definitely the easiest to use. Hands for down. For sure. Ha- easiest to use, best looking, just, yeah. you don't have to think, it's just there. Yeah. Like, I, I, for me, I'm, I'm obsessed with the BMW tech. Yeah, um, yeah okay, so look, I, I, I'm definitely going to give you that. I, I, I think maybe, I feel like I've got something that could rival it, but let's look back at Patreon again uh, quickly. Daniel Clifford makes a good point. The Golf. Yeah. The Golf. I mean, has it strayed away slightly in its latest generations from... <laughs> being the ultimate people's car has it become a bit too expensive has it the infotainment i had endless complaints yeah, about yeah, the infotainment yeah. Yeah, system it's a problem yeah and some sort of slightly tacky feeling parts interior yeah. wise and things like that so yeah. maybe they've lost it slightly but you can't really discount the golf it is still fundamentally still the people's car mate still, at least in europe yeah um so yeah it's a great shout daniel um uh, Nathan, pretty hard to argue against the Bentley Continental, sure, I'm with you, or the Wraith Black Badge. Sport Luxury GT is the best of all worlds. Not the best at anything, but great at everything. Very good point. Ben, ben, Bentley is definitely one. It's 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 a it's the, the thing I'd have with the Bentley is is that dynamically, I just think, but the, the Roma and the Porsche will just drive a little bit better than the Bentley. Not in a straight line down the road, but dynamically. Yeah, you're right. It will let the itself down two. with the weight, you know. Like yeah. after four corners in the Bentley, the brakes start to scream. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but the Continental was going to be on my list, but I started yeah. to sort of think that actually maybe I would discount it for, I don't really know, but you're right. The yeah. dynamic. It's definitely up there for sure. It's definitely 100%, up. It's a fantastic yeah. car. It's a yeah. really, if you, had, what, if you had to live with one car for the rest of your life, that would be looking after yeah, you fairly yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christophe Cagnon. I think that's a French name. Sorry, Christophe, if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Uh, I'd most likely always go for a Rolls-Royce Wraith. Another shout for the Wraith. The Wraith mm. has been a popular suggestion from the patrons. Yeah, I, I like can understand why. Like, I like a Wraith. But you yeah. know what? For me, every time Rolls-Royce lets itself down with its buttons. Yeah. And that sounds like a weird thing to say, but these I've said it so many times on the main channel and here on the podcast. <laughs> it's supposed to be the best of the best of the best. The mm. ultimate in luxury and sophistication and class and yeah. engineering and everything. And again, they've nicked that BMW tech, which we say we love. So we know that works. Yeah. And the car drives fantastically. But then you go to sort of push the window button and it literally feels and looks like a £2.99 button from Argos. Yeah. It's crap. Like an old BMW button. Really? Yeah. From like 1992. Yeah, like, I know. I don't yeah. know why they let themselves down so much with some of the switch gear mm. but and it sounds like a sort of inconsequential thing but it's not it really makes no it, no i agree as an experience you're suddenly like oh this feels cheap and the car's not and and the wraith you're right seems like a fantastic solution for all these things looks dynamics everything but then you get in and you're like 
oh, hold on a second. Actually, the Continental GT is better. Yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on. Yeah. Um, just going through a few others before I jump in with my final suggestion. Uh, Colin McFadden, in terms of the best car for most people, how about the Volvo XC40? I mean, I'm so with you. Yeah. I actually love the Volvo XC40. Very good car. Fantastic. And actually, just to follow up with the Volvo trend, Sam Wyatt with the Volvo XC60 and Mel Can with the Volvo V60 Polestar Engineered. Mm. I think I think Volvo's let themselves down these days with the with the tech with the infotainment. It's a, it does lag, it's a bit lag, slow. A bit yeah, slow. Yeah, it is, yeah. The speakers, the sound systems aren't that great. No, they are cars for people and they are fantastic. But we're talking about really being the. I, I don't think you could. I don't think they could rise to that mantle. No, I agree. They they're just a good solid car for for a family. But that's what they're good at. They're not good at like absolutely everything. We're talking about good at the pinnacle being the best at everything so there's actually not that many cars mate when you really dwindle it down there's really not that many i spent a lot of my holiday thinking about this <laughs> Did you really? which vicky wasn't that pleased about when I, was sitting there going, oh. I bet she was more than pleased <laughs> just get some time away from yeah God, leave me alone <laughs> stuck on a desert island together yeah. um i think i've nailed it go on mate. i think i've nailed the brief mm? porsche mm. mccann yeah yeah, I would like I can't to narrow. Argue, mate. I mean, I want to narrow it down to GTS form. There's no longer the turbo, right? We just get no. the GTS. Yeah, because okay. So with my own criteria, exterior design mm-hmm. is it the most exciting ever? No, but it does look great. The, yeah. the newest shape, especially. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of design where people go, "Oh, nice," and it, oh, it's a Porsche, but it's not ostentatious. It's not a Urus mm-hmm. <laughs> where you don't stand out like the bunch. You can be discreet when you want to be, yep. but also if you park it up on your driveway, the neighbor's going to be like, oh, look at you with a mm-hmm. Porsche. Yep. So exterior design kick. Uh, interior design with the update now with the touchscreen button layout from the Panamera and the Taycan and stuff like that. Very good looking, I think. Yep. All the kind of Porsche styling. Everything feels great, looks fantastic. Driving dynamics and performance, as we yep. know, the latest GTS, Really good. McCann's always been best in class. Very good. Um, comfort, absolutely there, 100%. Technology, the latest Porsche tech is fantastic. Reliability, you answer that one for no, me. No, no, no. Bang on. Bang on, right? Yeah, yeah. Ownership and running costs. Yeah, okay. Held their money unbelievably well over unbelievably the years. McCann, well, especially yeah. GTS and stuff like that. Usability, not many situations where you can't use a McCann. And I would, I would even go out there and say that if you inadvertently got ended up on or invited on a sports car drive, okay, not a supercar drive, you could be a solid support car and yeah. you wouldn't be that far behind in, yeah, in yeah. a mechanic. I'd agree. Usability, yeah, I think. Can I ask you a question? Go on. Why haven't I, I bought mean, one? No, you're, you're absolutely bang on. As in, you know, what, what I mean is is that all, everything you've said is spot on. Yeah, why haven't you bought one? Because <laughs> Tony knows that's not my next daily, so I'll reveal that all to you as well. I don't think many of you will be surprised because whilst all of this is correct, for me, that makes it too predictable. Right. But then, then it's not the best then, because I completely agree with you. It's, do you know what that is? It's like it's like the golf. It just does everything really, really well. It's ten out of ten on everything except there's a little bit missing, like a motion, a or... tiny little bit missing, and that's why it's not the best. But I completely, mm. ma- ma- I think the McCann is a real, real, and actually I'm surprised I never thought about it mm. because like. 
as well, if you look at affordability as well, everyone can afford a McCann in general. You know, if, you, if you've if you got 50,000, 60,000 quid to spend on a car, which in nowadays a lot of people have, it's definitely... It's a family car, a lot of, a lot of you know, premium. Yeah, you're right. Premium. It's a, still a lot of money. Let's it's not a huge amount of money. That, but, but you're right in yeah. the world of finance and car and family cars. It's a reachable like car for, for, for people. People still aspire to, to a McCann at some point or they just have one anyway um, because it just ticks so many boxes but yeah you're right if you look at the other four or five cars that we've all that we've listed they've all just got that little bit more about them but is that because you and i are overexposed to the world of cars and we now look for uh, you know an, an nth degree that's a oh, little something to make us excited the mccann is too generic for us because we're overexposed and we see them everywhere we've experienced them in every single shape and form so for us it's like oh it's just a mccann yeah where actually if we were normal people and we were currently in xc4 volvos and thinking about oh let's you know step up a mark yeah is the mccann not actually you know as the the reason that we are faulting it is because for you and i it's not special enough well because we, we've said it before mate we're 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 um overexposed to all this stuff we're spoiled you know so we when we drive a car we really do we're really pinicky on because it's our job to do that you know in different scales of the spectrum you know you drive cars for media reasons and i drive cars because it's my job so but we're in and out of lots of different cars and they all behave differently and then i can give you a really good example i had a guy buy a Velar off me the other day two or three year old Velar you think it's the best car in the world because you just come out of a six grand Qashqai so it's a that's a huge jump for him you know and like we said there was no real wrong or right answers we are looking at it from a professional point of view in given our experience given our experience and what we've been in and, and we really really tried to home in and actually what you the parameters that you set in the first place were were pretty spot on i mean we're fairly telepathic these days you know because <laughs> we haven't even spoke about this no. but but <laughs> i texted you last night saying by the way tomorrow uh, best I, car in the world and i said i've already got three because i've been <laughs> thinking about it all week but we we honestly never yeah. spoke about this but if you look at if you go back and look at the parameters that you set and then the five or six cars that we both picked they all fit that criteria. Absolutely. And and as Tony said, he hit, hit the nail on the head. You know, for every single person, the best car in the world is going to be different. You know, it's a, it's a very subjective thing. No, and what uh, you aspire uh, to as well. Subjective? Why have I got... Why have I, I don't know, mate. I mean, it's I... It's the I, jet lag kicking in. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So why am I asking you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but what we would therefore love to know is what you think. I so say the patrons have been fantastic with a whole load of their suggestions, uh, all trying to argue the case for each of their cars. And really, a, a few of them have sort of agreed with each other, but fundamentally, every single suggestion over on the Patreon page has been a bit different. So let us know in the comments below. What do you think is the best car in the world currently for sale. Yeah. Don't come at us with McLaren F1s, Koenigsegg. Yeah. Uh, and preferably through what you've experienced and driven as well. Don't don't be a 15-year-old kid and say no, a Zonda. No, no, I disagree. No, no, no. What I mean is you can have an opinion, <laughs> but what I mean is if you're ever going to have an opinion, back it up. At yeah, least yeah. Oh, yeah. At least argue give a your reason. Case. Argue your case. Because, yeah. hey, if you're 15 years old, you could 100% know what the best car in the world is. Yeah. That's totally fine. You have uh, to... Absolutely, yeah. I've driven it, but, but argue your case, yeah. Uh, uh, what you're saying is don't literally just go into the comment section and spam it with Bugatti Chiron. Yeah. Like, set, tell us why. Why? 
And then yeah. also, hopefully, because this community is the best community on the internet, we'll all start a great discussion. And what I love and what happens on the Patreon page, but also every week here on the podcast, is people discuss amongst themselves. Little, yeah. little conversations break out in the conversation underneath these podcasts, at least over on YouTube, even on Twitter, it spills out. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's the best thing about it. So yeah, get going, get typing, get, get typing away. And maybe next week we'll pick up on it and see what was most upvoted. Yeah, um, we don't do that very often. We should do that every now and then. And look go back, back at comments. Go back in the comments and address some of them <laughs> because we do read them all. You wanna, so, <laughs> as I said, the ones from last week, like, <laughs> you guys are dicks. <laughs> Adam, we know that. Tell us something Adam new. LZ has loads of different cars <laughs> to the ones you mentioned. I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> oh, God, don't start, guys. I just salvaged our issues anyway. Um, well, look, uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I, I, I think I got through it. I mean, it has, well. it has been obvious that I'm jet, jet lagged as hell. Yeah. But we got through it. So um, uh, if you have enjoyed it, make sure to give it a thumbs up if you're watching it here on YouTube. Subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. If you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And of course, if you want to support this podcast and also speak to us, uh, interact with us, us, uh, suggest topics, etc. Head over to patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. And you'll see our bloopers. See our bloopers as well. Yeah, yeah I weren't many bloopers from this week. Just, no, just me asleep. Which is amazing, just, really. Just me asleep <laughs> waiting for the espresso to kick in. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll catch up with you next week. Bye bye. See y'all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.